Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I am the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. As always, I'm here with my dear sister, partner in mission, Mary Guilfoyle, proud grandmother of two sons, or two <laughs> grandsons. How are you, Mary? I'm doing great, Father John. How about you? I'm doing great. You got to see those boys the other day, didn't you? I did. It was glorious. Good they are for glorious. You. Yeah, there's nothing we're get, better. We're getting inundated with like 50 pictures a day, but uh, I told you, I was you have an be absolute right to do that. Every <laughs> grandparent can do that, and we are uh, joyous and uh, grateful as all get out to see them. So Thank thanks you, so much. Father. So, what's the topic? Yeah, so our topic today is the Zacchaeus principle. Ooh, can't wait to break this yeah. one open. All right, well, let's pray first let's and go. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Huh? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Father, for these days of Lent that have begun, we give you thanks. There is so much to pray for at this time, so much to fast for, so much to do penance for. Uh, In the world in which we live, in the church, in this country, in our own lives, in our families, Lord, we ask in a special way that you would continue to help us to see what Jesus sees as he sees it. And that we would, we would respond uh, with a heart ever more conformed to his, to those situations which are right in front of us, which we can be easily prone to miss. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, amen. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, why don't you give us a quick update on the uh, Rescue Project Equipping Day, which is going to happen on August 20th, because we got some great news to share, don't we? Gosh, I would love to. So uh, we've been overwhelmed by uh, the interest in coming to the Running Rescue Equipping Day that we're sponsoring in August, August 20th. I think we've got something like well over 150 people registered so far, but I think the most exciting news um, is that those 150 plus folks are coming from 29 dioceses. That's awesome. Yeah, so that is so that is um, great news, and and um, we would just encourage you, uh, quite honestly, if you're if you're remotely thinking about um, coming to the equipping day to register now, um, you can email Lauren Wine at her email address at wine l at actsxix.org. We do have, um, I think, a capacity of 200 people, and we'll build a wait list because things will change. But I think what we're most excited about is that um, folks are coming from all over the country, which which just confirms again and, and again in our minds that what God is doing through the Rescue Project really is a movement. Yeah, it's we want to get this out movement. far and wide, don't we? So that's great. Well, we so do. for those who of you who are thinking of running this, so maybe you're a principal, maybe you're a pastor, maybe you're a director of religious ed, maybe you're, you're someone who wants to run this at work, or you want to run in a, in a school or at your office, wherever. Or your home. Come to this, yeah, or your home, absolutely. So it doesn't have to be for someone who formally works in a parish. But this is to uh, be equipped so as to run it. So awesome. Love the update. And, of course, we've got that little shindig we're doing down in Columbus, right, on uh, Father's Day weekend, June 18th and 19th at the Ohio Expo Center. We're hoping to get 5,000 people down in Columbus for a revival. So you can find out more information that at, where's that website? StGabrielRadio.com. StGabrielRadio.com. I think it's STGabrielRadio.com. That's right. right? Wonderful. All right. Great. So what the heck is the Zacchaeus principle? We should probably break this open a little bit, huh? So this this came from an experience that we had not too long ago in prayer as a team. We were kind of in the chapel trying to plan out our 
our calendar for the year because we try to do that a year in advance just because of the number of requests and whatnot that we get from dioceses and uh, other entities and organizations. And the Lord just brought the, the passage, which is probably familiar to many of us, but maybe not to all of us in the gospel of Luke of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And so here's the gospel passage in Luke 19. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, Salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay, so there is so much in this passage that is way beyond what we can talk about. Let me just break open a couple of things. So first of all, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. That's where he's going. So he's, he's uh, encountered already the blind Bartimaeus immediately before this. And he is walking through Jericho with no intention whatsoever of staying there. So the the Gospel of Luke has told us before this that Jesus has set his face like flint. So he's just adamantly and um, very intentionally focused on the climax of his ministry, of what he came to do, which is to go to Jerusalem, to enter into his passion, to defeat the enemy, the real enemy, huh, Satan, uh, to destroy the power of sin and death, to reconcile us to the Father, to rise from the dead. That's his agenda, if you will. Now, I don't know about you, but like when I, when I have a lot on my mind, well, I do know about you because I see it all the time, right? But when I got a lot on my mind and, and I know I've got to do something, like my head's down and I'm just burrowing through, right? Like don't get in my way. Like I don't have time for a whole lot because I've, I've got a plan. Laser focus. Yeah, right? laser focus. So Jesus has a plan. His plan is like, it kind of like dwarfs my plan, like whatever my plan was for the day. His plan was to redeem the world, okay? Jesus is going about the effort of saving the world. That's where he's going. That's what he's going to do. And he's left Jericho behind. We know this because this is something that we probably wouldn't know uh, unless we studied uh, various things about how towns were laid out in, in the Old Testament times and New Testament times. But Sycamore trees were not allowed to be planted inside a town. So they had to be a a particular distance outside of the city gates for a variety of different reasons that we don't have to get into right now. So the point is, this tree, this sycamore tree, is outside Jericho. So Jesus has already left Jericho. That's really important. It's in his rearview mirror, like he's bolting down the road, right? And this guy, Zacchaeus, who is not... Uh, how do we say this? He's not liked. This is this is a collaborator with Rome. 
Uh, he's a chief tax collector. He's rich. He's become rich by extorting and defrauding the people that he lives with in Jericho. Not a good guy, considered to be lost, like beyond the reach of salvation. He's short, and so he does two things which are absolutely absurd in Middle Eastern times. He runs, because Middle Eastern men don't run, and he climbs a tree, which is just ridiculous, uh, according to the dictates of those times. And he hides in a sycamore tree, because a sycamore tree has huge branches and giant leaves. And Jesus, who's already left Jericho, who's on his way to go redeem the world, sees this little guy, who's not a good guy, hiding behind a branch and a leaf, and he changes his plans. He says, you know what? Salvation of the world can wait. It can wait a day. <laughs> this is absurd, right? I need to spend time with this guy. And so he says, Zacchaeus, I need to stay in your house. So he's left Jericho like the, the whole town would have been looking to host him and entertain him and have him at some really important person's house. But he, he, he foregoed or he forewent all of that. He goes to Zacchaeus's house. The people got to be like, you got to be out of your mind. And he brings salvation to Zacchaeus's house that day. The principle, the way that we think about this all the time that the Lord was teaching us is, yeah, we can make our plans. We can plan our calendar, but we have to be on the lookout for that guy hiding behind a leaf and a tree who might just be worthy of our changing our plans. And we had something like that kind of happen to us recently, didn't we? Yeah, so we did. So we were traveling for a mission and uh, we ended up having a pretty late dinner that night. It was hard to find a restaurant that was open that late. And so we were actually the last people in the restaurant mm. and we met a beautiful young woman named Isabella Isabella and Father John just start that conversation for us because it was such it was such a beautiful moment where God made it very clear why we were in this town doing the work that we were doing we thought we had done the work we thought we'd already completed God's mission there but God had other plans for us. He said, there's something else to do here. Yeah, please God, what we what we thought we came there for actually bore some fruit, but we, we, I think we were all pretty convinced, you, Albert, and myself, that uh, the real reason we came to that town was to meet Isabella. So yes. we walked in, it was kind of, a, it was noisy because uh, it was, as you mentioned, it was late. And so people were kind of wrapping up dinner. And along comes Isabella to our table. She's our waitress. And she's very bubbly and and, and, and very engaging. But it was, it was pretty clear, right, that that was a mask, was, just it, like most people. Yeah, She's I think, wearing a mask. I, I think I said to you and Alberta, a lot of bravado yep. on the exterior. Great way to describe yeah. it. So a lot of bravado. and So, so we're engaging back and forth, uh, the three of us and her, um, in, in a great fashion. And uh, we just had a great time having some very simple, small talk and whatnot. Slowly, the, the restaurant empties out. And, and as you mentioned, we're the only people left in the restaurant. Right. And um, she sees my collar and she just says, um, are you a priest? I said, yeah. And she says, what parish are you at? And I said, well, I'm, we're from Detroit. And she goes, oh, I was, I was wondering if maybe you knew my grandparents. And uh, I said, no, I probably don't. And, um, and then she started to just talk a little bit about uh, what was going on. And, and she left and then she brought back some more of our food. And, uh, and then it got very quiet in the restaurant and as she was, I don't know, 10, 15 feet away from the table, we just looked at her and said, 
Hey, Isabella, is there anything we can pray for? Can I just stop you right there? Yeah. So that's, so the Lord had already tilled the soil for this great conversation because she was as engaging as she was. And, and, and the conversation we had, it might've been small talk, but it was very warm and friendly and real, a lot of laughter. But I just want to underscore what you did, which is typically what we do when we have dinner anyway. It's not unusual for us to ask our server, what's their name and how can we pray for you? But I think we would argue that those six words have the potential to change a person's life. Yeah, we think it might have changed Isabella, at least we pray so, right? So she comes, she just kind of like stopped dead in her tracks and she turned around, she walked back to the table and just unloaded. Her life, yeah. You know, um, grandmother's dying of cancer. Her parents had split when she was young. Uh, She was trying to go to school and working long hours. She was in debt. And she, she was just, suddenly the mask came down, right? And, and so sometimes you ask that question and, and the person says, no, I'm good, thanks, nothing to pray for. Isabella heard that question and she's like, yeah, I got a lot of I'm things you in. can pray for. Yeah. So we said we'd pray for her. And then uh, we're paying the bill. She had left and um, or walked away from the table. She was back where the, 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 the chefs and the servers are. And uh, we had left, uh, she had told us she was in trouble. So we left her a lot more than we should have left her based on the size of the bill, right? Right. And uh, and then you wrote this unbelievable note. R- 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 you remember what you wrote, right? Yeah. I know you do. So yeah, share I, what I, you wrote it on, and on the back of the receipt. Because Al- actually Albert said, hey, we shouldn't just leave the money. We should write something. And you started writing. So on the back of our, of our uh, dinner bill, um, I simply wrote, Dear Isabella, you are beautiful. You matter. And we see you. Jesus is real and he sees you too. And you matter to him. And you're not alone. And then I shared with her how she could stay in touch with us. And so we closed up, you know, the tip, the note, and put it at the table. And she came back to get it. She came back to get it. We stood up, we started walking out. And we got, I don't know, six, ten feet away from the table. And she came bolting out of that room where the waitresses and the waiters hang out and she's just sobbing and she ran right to you and just gave you this huge hug as she's weeping, right? And she cried, you know, I felt like she was my daughter, you know, and I just held her and I told her that we loved her and that she wasn't alone. And here's what I think is just really important. I mean, someone might hear this conversation and think that Isabella came back because we tipped her well. There's no way that's why she came back. She came back because it's hard to argue with love. And we can throw, sometimes I think we think that we can throw money at problems. We don't throw money at people. Mm. We toss our hearts. Mm. We toss love at people. And anyone who's been involved in any sort of ministry um, might have heard what I'm going to say right now. I remember a set of years ago, Father, you might remember the same thing. Um, sometimes people aren't so sure how genuine you are or how real you are. But I remember one gentleman came back to a set of us who were uh, working in ministry and he said, I kept coming back week after week to this small group because it's hard to argue with love. And I think love broke into her life that night. Yeah. And it can happen as quickly as writing a note. I mean, it was, that was all of like six sentences you wrote, right? right? And it just, it just cracked her heart. And I, I know, I know I will never forget 
watching her run out from behind that wall sobbing and just holding you. And so, so, uh, you know, we'd ask you all to please pray for uh, our young sister that uh, the Lord will just get a hold of her, give her hope, uh, help her to know she's not alone, continue to give her uh, eyes to, to see what his plan is for her life and, and to know the, the, the great depth of the love that he has for her. But also what we want to, the reason Here's for sharing this, right, is here we are, we're in Lent. It doesn't matter that it's in Lent, but it, we just happen to be in Lent. And, uh, we've all got our own agendas for Lent, you know, like these things that we're doing, not doing, the penances that we're taking on and whatnot. And more than that, like we all we all can be, like I described earlier, at least most of us can be, like really uh, focused on what we're doing in any inward given day. Inward focused, right? Yeah, or, or just like, I'm, yeah, inward focused with, in terms of Lent with regards to the penances I'm doing, but just like driven and focused with, hey, this is my agenda for the day. These are the things I got to get done. And what the Lord wants to do, especially in these days, is just open up our eyes to be particularly attentive to, like, who's hiding behind the sycamore leaf <laughs> at the Starbucks? Or who's hiding behind the branch, you know, at the car wash or wherever we might happen to be? And just to follow his prompting to go, hey, uh, anything I can pray for? And who knows what will happen, right? Or even just to smile at someone and, and say hello and just to have a conversation yeah. and then to see where that goes. Yeah. Um, every day, all day, every day. We're surrounded. God is placing Isabella's in front of our eyes. Yeah. We and came across a line not too long ago, and I, I, I use it a lot. Um, there are a lot of beautiful people in chains. Isabella Amen. was a beautiful young girl. Yes, she was. She was in in, in chains of, you know, fear and anxiety and uh, those kinds of things. You, you and I are surrounded by people who are beautiful on the outside, but who are in chains. And uh, the you? Lord wants to open our eyes in these days to, to reach out and to be his voice and his heart and his love and his kindness and his mercy to them, right? Yeah, you know, just, just, just maybe one more thought, Father John, I'm thinking about... Um, in my own life, and I'm sure you could say the same thing for yours and our friends who are listening right now. Uh, I have been in Isabella in my life, and I didn't stay that way. I didn't stay in a place of being lost or, or broken or stuck in my stuff or you said, you know, you know, in chains because someone took the time to reach into my life mm. and spoke truth and love and was present to me. That's what this life is all about, yeah. right? Because we've all been as Zacchaeus. We've all been in Isabella yeah, at I some point. Couldn't agree more. I've been hiding in trees behind branches and leaves. He uh, still many, finds many us. Times. Yeah, <laughs> I still do sometimes. And the Lord's like, hey, Johnny boy, come, come on, on down. down. <laughs> yeah, I want to come and have dinner at your house. Salvation for the rest of the world can wait. Amen. That's, Amen. And that's who God is. Like God is just ridiculously generous and patient and kind and merciful. That's what we're uh, going to be building up towards as we get to the end of this extraordinary season of grace, this, uh, this Lenten time when we fix our eyes on Jesus on the cross and his total gift of self upon the cross. And because he is, and because he gives us himself, whether it's in baptism or in the Eucharist or however it is we've come to know him, uh, he calls us to be that to other people as well. So in these incredibly ongoing, tumultuous days that we're living in. God's got us in his hands and he's got lots of work for us to do, even if it's as simple as asking, how is it that I can pray for you today?
And because the world is in his hands, even now, despite the headlines today, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this. 